listening to the Woman of Strength podcast for the purpose-driven woman who has a yearning deep in her soul to serve the world. Presented to you by Ange Wilcock, creator of Evolutionary Model of Well-Being, Mindfulness-Based Storytelling, and The Raw Woman Project. A businesswoman on a mission for every human on the earth to feel enough. Hi, so welcome to Women of Strength TV and podcast. And again, I have an incredible lady. And this lady I know, and I've met in person, and we met at an incredible event earlier on this year. Um, and so I'd like to welcome Claire. Well, thank you, Ange. Really nice to be with you today. Yeah, it's wonderful to be with you too. Now, I'm going to just introduce a little bit about you, Claire, to our audience. And as my audience already know, that I always read the bio. So I'm just going to read you out. <laughs> I'm going to read you out Claire's bio, and this is wonderful. So, Claire Wild. So, who is Claire Wild? Well, Claire is a life sparkler. I love that. It's so <laughs> and a tamer of elephants in brackets in the room. And we all know what that feels like. So, nowadays, she's on a mission to change the way we see and deal with mental health and especially crush the stigma that is still attached to it. I mean, what an amazing cause, Claire, because we absolutely need people like you in this world. And in her private and professional life as a body-mind therapeutic coach, she witnessed too many people suppressing parts of themselves in order to fit in, which led them to many which led to many people suppressing parts of themselves in order to fit in. I've just read that. Yeah, sorry. And this is why we're well, that so was an important part. This is, this is this is why this interview is just raw, just as it is. But anyway, so I'll carry on. <laughs> um, which led to stress and eventually anxiety or depression and burnout, and even suicidal thoughts. Not to mention various chronic ailments. And so Claire helps people finding resilience through owning their stories. Oh, you're in the perfect place here then, Claire. Embodying <laughs> all the dimensions of who they are. She also loves dancing and she is a slow mad at heart. She is a what? A slow mad at heart. A slow mad, a slow nomad. Oh, a slow nomad. <laughs> well, that's a new term. that I say so I learn something new every time from these interviews. So she's a slow mad. Right. So I didn't read that properly. So she's a slow mad at heart. She lived and sailed on her own sailing boat for years. Oh, wow. You're going to have some wonderful stories about that, I'm sure. <laughs> and she deeply believes in experiencing life and is always keen to try something new. Wow. So, yeah, see, even though I met Claire at this incredible event, Earlier in the year, I didn't know half of that about her. So this, this, is, this is going to be wonderful. So the question I, I ask, Claire, I ask all of, all of my guests is, can you share with us your story around stepping into being a woman of strength? What, what's your journey around that? Where did that start for you? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Um, first off, I want to say it's a very good question. <laughs> I'm passionate about this, this idea of strength. And thinking about this interview and this question, I realized there was a few key moments in my life when I stepped into my power and my strength. 
and over the years strength took different meaning actually and I did this in a different ways um, but the first I think there were really four major um, moments like this and the first was when my father died when I was a, uh, a kid that was yeah. eight and he actually um, disappeared first right. for a few days so no one was knowing what's uh, what was happening and then we someone found him and uh, it became apparent that he, he suicided oh gosh so that was the first moment when I had to well you know these moments in life when you don't know you have the courage to go through this yes until you're there and you just don't have anything other to do than going through the, these moments mm. so yeah and because I was the older of three children I kind of had to step up and I became this kind of between of course I was still a kid and playing and so on but I was still I became I had this sense of responsibility I think more than than before that I had to be like the good girl and help my mom and be um, kind of not an example for my for my brothers I wouldn't go until there but yeah be be a good kid <laughs> be responsible yeah. yeah I suppose like you said like yeah being the eldest and yeah huge responsibility to take on at eight years old wow yeah so that was a, a very uh, difficult moment and one that I had really to find yeah some strength mm. but and I mentioned that he suicided because then I had to find another thing um, in relationship, I mean, in my relationship, I, <laughs> I soon realized I didn't have a politically correct life anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, true. Just, just having a suicide in your near, in your family makes mm. you just unpolitically correct. So I soon noticed that when people were asking and they were always asking, Oh, you know, after the, oh, I'm sorry. And then the next question was, how did he die? And I soon noticed that if I was honest and, and answer suicide, there was a kind of a wall coming yeah. through and it made people really uncomfortable. And I didn't understand everything back then of why it happened, but I noticed it right away. So soon enough, I began to say, oh, it was an accident. Because I knew, I already knew when they were asking, I knew uh, you, you don't really want me to, to answer that question. <laughs> wow. So, so eight, 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 eight years old, like a, as a young child, you'd already worked that out. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And actually, if I have, um, you know, people think that children don't understand. or mm -hmm. For example, something that uh, in my, my story, when my father died, so I was eight. Um, my brothers were six and three, and we didn't go to the um, to the ceremony because people, our family, my mother and my grandfathers, they thought it was too much for us, mm. and they wanted to protect us. And actually, that did more harm than the the opposite. So people think that oh, children are too young to uh, to understand or too young to experience it. 
But when you have a difficult moment in life, you're never too young to experience it. If it happens, it happens to you. So children really can understand what's happening and sometimes even better than adults, actually, because they just have this acceptance of what is, you know? Yeah, that's so, that's so true. And that's a really important message to get out there, I think, Claire, because, yeah, parents do things, what they believe is in the best interest of the child. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, like you said, as a child, you, you probably needed to try and make sense of it. So you needed to be there to do what you needed to do as, as a child. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, then one other very big step on my journey to women of strength was when I lived on my sailing boat. Yeah. On many levels. First, it was, that was a dream. I, it didn't happen like that. Hmm. I had to work towards it. Yeah. <laughs> I had to move to the sea to learn how to sail. I, I am not, you know, this kind of story who was born at sea and sailing when, uh, before knowing to, to work. Not at all. I had this idea and then first I had to check if it was a good idea. So <laughs> I moved to the sea. I learned how to sail. I was working. I was putting every money I, I could uh, in, um, in this project. So waiting for... The moment I had enough and waiting and looking for boats to, to buy. So it took a few years to get there. And it was a moment when I acted out in my life that, okay, you can have crazy dreams because <laughs> let, me, let me say when I was a teenager and I was saying when I was in high school, oh yeah, I, I will sail and I will travel on my sailing boat. And they were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like that was, back then, that was a silly dream, you know? Yeah, yeah. So when you realize this thing, then there is a sense of anything is possible and everything is possible if you put enough energy in that, yeah. that comes true. It's not something that, you know, you hear in movies and books, but yes, you did it. So that, there was this very empowering thing Mm. And then living on the sea and living on the boat is really, really empowering. Um, I'd imagine it takes lots of courage too. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, it's not courage. Right. But it, again, it's a kind of responsibility, actually. It's a kind of right. sense of responsibility because you're absolutely responsible for your life. Like, I'm not... Um, millionaire who can pay a, an helicopter you know to come and rescue me in the middle yes. of the Atlantic or, so when I was doing crossing and I've been a few weeks at sea sometimes it was me and the sea and my I, I wasn't alone I had a partner on the boat so we were two but it was us and the sea and that's it so we had to make it work yeah so I it taught me persistence it taught me to go beyond my limit even you know you're tired and you the only thing you want to, to do is sleeping. I, <laughs> I remember moments like that when, you know, my partner would wake me up and it was my turn to go up and look around. And, and, and I was just like, no, let me sleep. <laughs> I want to sleep. You come to very basic, what's important in life, you know, sleep, eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's a very beautiful life. It gives a lot of freedom and mm. it comes with, Mm, you you get what you give basically so yes. you have to to invest a lot in this in this life you have to to do that but it's very empowering 
Yeah. And I, and I liked what you said, because um, I was just thinking back to, you know, when you were talking about when, when your dad suicided and, you know, and we know that suicide is, is you know, such a, a tragic thing to have to do to, to want to, you know, to take your life. And, mm-hmm. and yet then when you were sailing and that you were saying you, to- you have to take full responsibility for your life. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like no disrespect to your dad or anyone that, that chooses to suicide. But it's, you know, there's that sense of from a young child, it, it feels like you had this huge responsibility that this is your life and only you were responsible for it and that you were going to do whatever you could to make it the best life that you could around, you know, you had this dream to go sailing and, and you worked so hard to get there. I mean, that, that's incredible. In, in so, you know, for me, and I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like it's like this legacy to your father. It's like, well, you, you chose something for your life and yet I'm going to choose something different for mine and I'm going to work so hard to step into that place and realize all my, all my life dreams. It's like, well, you know, there's something with suicide. So, and we will talk about it. I mean, I, I think, you know, we will talk about it again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Suicide again. yeah, yeah. There's something with suicide that um, in most cases, I mean, statistics shows that when there is a suicide, it raises the probability for people near to that person to suicide themselves uh, also. But another thing that I didn't see any statistics on that, but I know personally and I I know in my experience in meeting people, when someone suicide um, and and it's close to you, it it has this, it it throws you into this inquiry, okay, what is life? What do I want to do with my life? What What is living? Why am I living? Suddenly all these questions we don't, necessarily ask on a daily basis mm. well we need to think about it and I think that the suicide of my father fooled me I mean this is my passion I've always been passionate about okay what is life what's you, we always talk about being alive in life and life but what is this what is this we all share this yet yeah. it shows up in such different ways in every one of us so I was yeah. very passionate about that and when someone, when someone commits suicide in your, and close to you, often it also has the opposite effect of, fuck it, I'm going to live my life. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Because yeah. people don't, come, don't suicide because they want to die. They want no. to live, yes. ultimately. But the pain is so big, so they want the pain to stop. stop. And yeah. unfortunately, they come to a place that these the, the suicide is the only solution they see to mm-hmm. stop the pain. And obviously, when you're not that person, you can see many other solutions. There is always other solutions. But yeah. they come to a kind of tunnel vision, and the only thing they see is, I'm going to end my pain. Mm. So it's actually, um, it's, it's a bit hard to understand, but it's actually an action for living, not for dying, yeah. ultimately. yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate that, well, <laughs> taking your own life to have a better life is not working. It's yeah. not a good solution, <laughs> guys. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, there's something of, hmm, 
Now, I, I know there are better solutions to have a, to have a, a full life and a, and a better life, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have that. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. In, in one sense, it, it threw me on this. Uh, and it was not so conscious at the time. But no, no. It gave me the, uh, the will of, no, if I leave, I, I want to... I want to be happy to leave. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's not that simple. I mean, I was struggling with other things while I was, even when I was uh, realizing my dream and sailing on my boat, I was struggling with other things. And I was still in this thing of what I shared about having a non politically correct life. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that, being. That yeah, that would be challenge, challenging, wouldn't it? Because, you know... Yeah. Well, basically what it comes to is you... is me realizing I was making people feel uncomfortable. So I would keep that down. So that's why I, I was saying, for example, it was a, um, an accident instead of a suicide. So yeah. in some ways, I was not being my, myself in every aspect I, I could because I, I was seeing that it was not okay. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. there you were, even at a young age, protecting other people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we, we think children cannot understand all of this, but they feel yeah. everything. And even though they don't understand completely what's happening, they feel, they really feel what's happening and they mm. adapt to that. Yeah, but let's go further. The next yes. step, the uh, who stepped into my my power when I well this partner I was with on the boat and I stayed with him for thirteen years. One day I realized, well, we are very good friends, but we're not lovers anymore. <laughs> so it was a bit more painful than that. Yeah. Um, but then I, I had to admit, okay, this relationship has to end the way it is. We have to let go of one another. And we're still good friends. And but I, actually, that's what I've told him. I, I said, look, now we are really good friends. We are the best friends. Let's stay like this and not wait until we cannot support each other, you know, or when we cannot see each other um, anymore. So we departed, we, uh, we separated. And that was a very big moment for me to actually come back to myself. That was the beginning of, <clears throat> yeah, uh, the, uh, really coming back to myself. Because mm -hmm. I had to crush a few fears to do that. And it took a long time. It took me one year to really to realize and, and accept that it was inevitable. We had to, to split. Yeah. And again, that, you know, that does take courage. I mean, that's, that's a long relationship, isn't it? And then yeah. for you to make that decision that it's not in the best interest of you and who you are right now to continue yeah. this as an intimate relationship and, and to be able to step into your power and say that and, and preserve yourself and the other person. I mean, that's quite yeah. beautiful to do that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I was letting go of, you know, after 13 years, we were living together for 13 years. So I was not um, used to live alone anymore. Yeah. So I was, I, there was this fear of, oh my God, I'm going to be alone. And I was, 
under that, there was this fear of being lonely. And so I had this fear. I, had, um, I was saying goodbye to the lifestyle as well because it was sailing and living on the, on, on the boat was not something I wanted to do alone. It's a beautiful life, but it's a very tiring life. And mm. so by splitting with my, uh, with my partner, I was also saying goodbye to the boat and to this sailing life, at, at least for now. So that was also a bit difficult to, to admit. And I was uh, also, I, I guess the most painful part was admitting that I should have done that way, way before. And that I was lying to myself and that I was losing myself in this relationship. And that was not from that, that moment. I, this thing began way before and I didn't see it at the time. And I think that was the most painful thing, actually, realizing how I lost myself. And it's, and, such, a, it's such a common thing as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. When you yeah. speak to women and the relationships have ended and it's taken them courage and time to do that and when once they've done it and it's so freeing for them oh yes yeah and then they go wow I wish I'd have done this years ago or you know but but so from my belief system I believe that everything we do we do at the right time um because maybe if you'd have done it earlier you wouldn't have had the incredible friendship that you've got today or you know whatever yeah, it, it is so. It's so common. It's something I hear quite often. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Doing these interviews and clients and, but yeah, that, so, so, so there you are, you've ended this relationship, you've stepped into your own power and of who you are well, and now you're, you're feeling free. Now what happens to Claire? <laughs> well, that's the joke. That's the joke. I, I was so afraid to do that and when I took the decision, I felt better and I was kind of confused because it's not the way you're supposed to be. So yeah. I didn't, I, I'm not saying it was all easy and I was crying, I was sad, yeah. but yeah. it wasn't that ugly moment where I just wanted, you know, no, to lay down and do nothing or so for, for, uh, for some time I was like, okay, now it's going, it's actually fine, but at some point it's going to hit me. I'm going to have this kind of little depression or I'm going to feel bad. And, yeah. and it never happened. So actually after some time, I just stopped waiting for it to happen because I was feeling better and better and better and better. And I was literally feeling like I was coming home, like I was coming back to myself. Mm. And that's when, you know, I was uh, saying I, I see strength in a very different way than when I was a child, for example. And for example, when I was a child, strength was I had to push through. I had to kind of be the normal around me and go through that shit that was happening. And I withdraw for myself because it was so uncomfortable for, <laughs> for everyone to face suicide through me. So yeah. I had to build the, uh, this armor. And what happened when I split with my partner is I found strength in vulnerability in accepting and opening totally to what was happening and being totally uh, raw and honest with that 
Mm. And that was the beginning of me coming really, really coming back to my essence to, okay, I'm tired to, you know, it's so tiring to, to try to be someone you're not. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I think we've all been there, haven't we? It's only, yeah. when, it's only when we come out the other side of it that we go, whoa, that was so tiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I found that sense of peace and really that, that was a, a power, but it was coming from inside out. It was really profound. Mm. And then uh, lately, not so long ago, a few months ago, my brother, one of my brother, uh, suicided as well. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. And that was a moment where I had to find another strength. Mm. So, and it was a special moment because, you know, sometimes in life, we have these moments where everything seems to just take off. In every level and I was in that moment I was suddenly I was meeting people a bit for partnering for work or for just friendship I was meeting really beautiful people I had a few things coming up for work that were really exciting everything just seemed to to take off and and be great you know wow. and then my suicide and I'm like oh I'm I'm stopped in, it was a very special moment, especially because I was living in Thailand and my family is French. So they're all living in France. And I was really away from that. So I had to face that alone, find ways to, to navigate through that without the support of my family. I mean, we were talking a lot, of course, through Skype and what's not, but yeah. it's not the same, right? No, Just, no. So how did you manage that? Around. How did you manage being on your own and... Well, you know, that's a very interesting moment where I was completely devastated. I was crying for days and days and days. And, and at the same moment, I was... <laughs> I, how can I say that? You, you know, it's, it's coming back to what, uh, a bit what I was saying. When someone suicides, you're facing not only death, but the choice of going there. Mm. And the total irony there is because, guys, life is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we face and whatever situation we are in, life in itself, not the situation, but the, the mere fact of living is just a miracle. It's just a freaking miracle. And it, by itself, it is beautiful. And then, of course, we forget it because sometimes, yes, life is hard. Mm. So mm. I was in, in between these, but life is so great. Life is so by itself. It's such a miracle. And at the same time, wow, such a deep pain, you know, of feeling this thing. So it was kind of feeling bliss and total agony at the same time. And having this sense that it was just the another side of the same coin, you know? Mm, complete contrast, isn't it? Yeah, yes. complete contrast. Yeah. yeah. And all of this is life. Yes. Total agony is life. Yeah. And total bliss is yes. life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But and 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 the sad the sadness around some of that is that not everyone can see it like that, isn't it? You know, some yeah. people only ever see the agony and they, they yeah. can't find the bliss 
Um, and yeah, there there is a sadness in that. And I suppose yeah. that brings me to that, you know, when when you in your bio we were talking about, you know, that that resilience. So where where do you think that resilience, you know, comes from? Because there you are, you're raised in this family, same circumstances. You're the eldest. You know, obviously you've got this amazing resilience about you, and then you've got a brother same family and different responsibilities and his level of resilience was different to yours so it, it, what, what's your sort of views around you know that, that resilience and well you know well first let, let me tell something I think it will um, help to explain like if, I don't know when actually, but my brother, my mother told me this conversation she had with my brother uh, after I came back to France. And she said, you know, at some point he said to me, he made the kind of a list of, you know, I wish I had a, I could afford to buy a house and I don't have it and I don't have a home and I don't have a wife and I don't have the work I wanted. And he was making all these lists. And while she was saying that to me and he was uh, sorry, he was obviously saying all of this, and the consequence were, uh, and therefore, I, I'm so unhappy, I'm so miserable. And when she was saying all that to me, I was thinking to myself, well, on this list, I don't have anything that's on this list either, and mm -hmm. I'm fine with it. Yeah. So it's not the circumstances, it's how, what you make about the circumstances. Yeah. And that's... Um, that's a key to resilience. And I'm actually glad you, you mentioned that because what I went through when I was a kid was being strong. It was not being resilient. It was very, it was not empowering. It was tiring. I was pushing a lot of energy and effort in that. Mm. And, and yeah, that was trying to be strong. And this is very different from being resilient. Yeah. Resilience is a process that that's, you, you have to see on the long term. And mm. for example, when my brother died, I was completely obliterated. I was going, I, I was completely crying all the time. Uh, I didn't do anything. I stopped seeing people. I had to go through that. And this is resilience. I wasn't yeah. strong in that moment. No. I wasn't. Yeah. I was completely going with what was. And I was, I call it going through the pain. Mm. It was, it's, it's, it's there. It's, there's no sense in trying to resist it. And being strong, in a way, is saying to ourselves, oh, this pain there, it's not okay. Yeah. So I'm going to say that it's not so big and I'm stronger than that. Mm. So we resist to this. And what to, I mean, anything you resist, you make it bigger. Yes. Because you focus on that. Because to resist something, you have to focus on that thing. Yes. But when you just accept, when you say, yes, okay, I don't want it, but it's there. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and you go totally through the pain, then you can find resilience. Yeah. So resilience is about accepting first thing is accepting totally what is and going into the vulnerability of whatever can can be happening at that time 
And then you can go, you know, a friend of mine says, it's like being strong in this talk about being strong or being resilient. It's like being in a room and that has two doors and you open the first one and being strong, you're at the first one and you say, uh, let me close the other one. But you cannot do that unless you cross the room and that's resilience. Yeah. You open the first door, you cross the room <laughs> and then you can get to the other one and close the second door. But yeah. you have to do this process. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. And I love your journey and the way that you've explained it. Yeah. Cause mm -hmm. it's going to help so many people um, to, to understand that as well. Like it's quite beautiful. So yeah. I don't know, we, we're, we're nearly coming to our time. So what I'm really eager to hear, and I'm sure all our listeners are too. So what's beautiful Claire doing today with all of what she's <laughs> amazing journey? What's, what's she up to today? What's life looking like now? Well, you know, right now I'm developing this project, Integrally Alive, and it's exactly about that. So helping people find resilience, stop being strong, <laughs> yep. and finding resilience into accepting every dimension of who they are. As I told, so when we are trying to be strong, often it's, it means suppressing something. So maybe it's physical pain you're suppressing. Maybe it's an emotion. Maybe it's a thought or dream yeah. you have. And you're like, mm, no, that's, I wish I could do that, but I cannot. This is suppressing oneself, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I have people, I have various tools. I've been doing body work for ten, more than 10 years now. I've a few tools in my, in my belt, like somatic movement and NLP. And, and I'm helping people just be who they are, but the whole dimension of who they are. And then they find resilience and they own their stories mm. and they are alive. I'm yeah. really, you know, I was sharing that I have this passion of understanding and then feeling what this life, what it means to be alive. And I see so many people. I mean, my dad and my brothers, they didn't die the day they suicided. They were dead long before. They were dead alive. That's and true. so my passion today is helping people realizing where they are doing that maybe, and if they are, helping them to feel alive again in all of their life, not just one thing or the other. Just yeah. We can have everything, guys. We just forget how, life can, um, how good can life be. We're just forgetting that too much. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And so how, how can people contact you, Claire? How can they connect with you? Yeah, the best way is to through my website, integrallyalive.com. Okay. So there they can find, oh, I'm doing a podcast as well on, on this theme. So they can listen to the podcast and they have all my contacts and they can know a bit more about uh, what I'm about. Yeah. Brilliant. And I'll put all the details at, at the bottom um, of this, you know, the podcast and Woman of Strength TV so that people can um, connect with you because I think what you're doing out there is absolutely incredible. I love it. It's, and it's no. so needed, isn't it? It's just so needed. Um, you know, for people, like you said, to, to come alive while they are alive because yeah. we do talk about, you know, living, but there's a difference between living and feeling alive. Yeah. And I, I love yeah. that. I love, you know, and, I, yeah. 
Carry you know on. the first i don't remember the her name but a, a nurse did um, a survey uh, with dying people and about regrets what yeah. do, did they regret the moment they die the first one is they didn't allow themselves to be who they were the first regrets so i this is something i was really touched uh, well and because of my personal story, of course, my dad yeah. and, and brother definitely didn't allow themselves to be themselves. So I, I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I think we should be, we should feel allowed to, to be who, who we are. Yeah. And it's a big epidemic. I mean, the World Health Organization states by not even in two years, by 2020, depression will be the second health issue in the world. I know it's, it's staggering, isn't it? I, it's all around scary. us. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's very sad because people real, don't realize, and I have a few clients that actually don't realize until someone tells uh, them or something big happens. Yeah. That, oh, I actually have been in depression for all these years without yeah. knowing. You know? yeah. On my podcast, I even have uh, a friend of, um, of us actually sharing that she was in depression for 10 years and it's wow. not until the day she decided to die that she realized oh i have a problem i probably need help mm. she was struggling with that 10 years without realizing that so this yeah. is crazy i want to yeah. change that yeah and <laughs> i think you know and and there's so many of us out there doing this in different ways i mean that's part of yeah. why i do what i do because yeah. we connect through stories women connect through stories and if there's one woman out there listening to this when it goes live and it's say it's it's going to save a life it's probably going to save many lives and that's the whole purpose of it because people yeah. will hear it and they'll hear the story and they'll hear the story of all the other women that I'm interviewing and they'll connect to it and they'll go wow I'm not alone it's not just me yeah oh, and I can do something about it and that's what I love about what we do as, as women, I'm not saying men don't do it because they do, but there's something quite powerful about that female tribe, that female spirit that connects to other women because stories are an incredible way of connecting and yeah. getting a message out there and, and making a difference in the world. And, you know, it's, it's why I, I think I said to you off air before we went live, I'm just in bliss land all the time, <laughs> talking to these, in, you know, having these incredible conversations. Yeah. You know, because having this conversation with me today, I can, you know in the future it's going to save people's lives. You absolutely know that. And it, it's, yeah, it just, uh, my heart just is so big. Like it's, <laughs> just incredible and it and it's like we all we're all connecting aren't we and we're all out there and we're doing our thing because all we want is for everyone to be feeling alive because we all are alive and we've got this incredible life like you said to live um, and it's there for us but we don't always see that because we get stuck in the circumstances um, yeah. and so your podcast is going to be incredible and this podcast is incredible because we have these amazing women out there who are going, do you know what, this is my story and I was able to move beyond my story and yes, it wasn't yeah. easy, you know, it wasn't easy, it was a struggle um, but 
but you can do it too. And I, and I just, yeah, I, I love it. I just love what we're all doing. It's just <laughs> it's incredible. Wow. So oh, um, we, we've come to the end of our time now and I'm sure we've got another conversation. To have. Oh, yes. <laughs> many, many conversations um, and many reconnections because I know we'll be reconnecting again <laughs> year, if it's not before. But I just want to say thank you so, so much, Claire, because I know for certain that this interview is going to make such a difference because you've been oh. so honest and so raw and, and just help you help people make sense of it. It's like, wow. Yes. Um, cause I've got, I've got people in my circle whose friends and parents, you know, mm. a parent and, and family members have suicided and, and it, 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 it is still with them today, you know, yeah. The feelings that come up with that and, and you talking about what really struck a chord with me was you talking about, you know, eight years old and people feeling uncomfortable. So as a child, you had to then start not lying, but giving another version of, of mm. how your, you know, your dad chose to, to leave this earth because people felt uncomfortable. And it's like, and we, and we need to stop that, don't we? We need to, yeah. to, for people to go, do you know what? Yeah, it's okay to talk about this because the more we talk about it, the more people go. You know, more people are yeah. going to ask for help. Yeah. Um, Actually, there's you're talking. I mean, we could have another entire conversation about that. I know. This is and maybe we will. Maybe we will. We will book another one. Maybe we'll do. A oh, I would. I would be delighted to because it yeah. is actually the problem with mental health is. Okay, mental health is uh, the, the problem when we have an issue about that. But you know what makes it even more difficult? The stigma. Yes. So the stigma is like a, a loop, a magnifier, and it makes it even bigger because now you have a problem and you feel guilty to have a problem. Yes. I mean, who is feeling guilty to have a broken leg? No, yes. frankly, guys. Yes. Who is feeling guilty to have a broken arm, to have a problem with your, I don't know, to have a flu, to yep. have a cold? We feel maybe responsible for that. If you've been skiing, I don't know, like a crazy, and then you break your leg, you feel, okay, I shouldn't have done that. But you don't feel guilty. But people feel guilty to be stressed, to, be, to feel anxiety, to be depressed. And that's why they don't want to admit this to themselves. Yeah. That's why there is so much denial within themselves and with the surrounding. And it's literally, it's killing people. It is. Yeah. If my, my father and if my brother would have been okay to share that, maybe they would be alive today. So, but yeah, I could have a I tell very you what, long yeah, time. What, what we need to do, what I think what we need to do is we will organize um, to do a Facebook Live together and interview around. Oh, great. Yeah, because this is this is such an important topic. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't even do it justice by calling it a topic, but it's it's such an important area of life, isn't it? Um, that needs to be discussed more often, and it needs to be out there, and and people oh, yes. understand it because it literally is life saving. So yeah. we will do that. We will organise that. But for now, my beautiful friend, <laughs> <laughs> we have to say goodbye. <laughs> and I just want to thank you so, so much for sharing. Well, thank you for giving the space and thank you for, uh, I've been listening to a few of your interviews and every one of them were, was interesting and there was something and, and I totally agree with you. Stories are powerful. 
Yes. People need to, because another thing is we all feel isolated and we all, when we're struggling, we always feel, oh, I am, I have this problem and it's about me, but everyone is struggling. So yeah. sharing yeah. stories is a very powerful thing to do. So thank and, you for what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, and, and thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Lots of love. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Wilcock.com, serving women to serve the world.